In the messages of Our Lady of Akita, the Blessed Virgin Mary told Sister Agnes that a time was coming where bishops would oppose bishops, that cardinals would be set against cardinals, that essentially a schism was approaching. This message was then echoed by Cardinal Ratzinger in the 1980s, saying that the message of Akita was essentially the third secret of Fatima. Certainly, there is more to this message than what I laid out here, a lot more, but we have seen that statement come to life in the past few decades, and we have another example of this now. There is a growing situation in the Church where some bishops accept that the Eucharist can only be given to those in a state of grace, which includes members of the institutional Catholic Church. While other bishops want to expand this beyond anything any Catholic or any of any previous age would have recognized. This most certainly is the result of a different understanding of what the Eucharist is by these bishops than what the dogmas of the Church teaches, even if these bishops often repeat the textbook definition of the Eucharist and Holy Communion, and cite infallible councils and Vatican II as well, to make their point. Now let's go over the story today because the past few days has seen the story of a discussion between two high-profile American prelates over this issue without a lot of context and with some things most people are sort of missing, or even what they themselves have had to say really being accurately presented. So let's get a deeper dive on this. First, for context, let's visit the church in Germany, actually, with the latest move for innovation and unprecedented change in the church almost always seems to originate. The German bishops are preparing for their own National Synod of Bishops, where the laity will most likely be given the power to choose their own bishops directly, and the institution known as the Catholic Church in that place will give to the world all the requests that the world has made regarding the clergy and various moral questions of the day. This has led to various bishops saying that schism was approaching, with Germany being the center of this schism. In the context of history, that's pretty appropriate, all things considered. But now we have one of the leaders of this move in Germany saying that among these things to be discussed at their synod was the need, their words not mine, the need to expand the Eucharist to pretty much anyone who wants it. From the National Catholic Register, we get this story. They begin by pointing out that this move is a rejection of the authority of the Vatican, meaning of the papacy, and that the head of Germany's bishops' conference is publicly saying that any disciple of Luther, Zwingli, Calvin, or the rest who wishes to receive Holy Communion in a Catholic church on something called Okumeneschen Kirkendag, I know I said that wrong, which is a day of Christian unity in May, they may do so. Quote, We want to take steps towards unity, he said, adding that whoever believes in conscience what is celebrated in the other denomination will also be able to approach the altar and won't be rejected. According to the German bishop's news site, katholisch.de, the bishops of, Ger of Limburg went on to say that the practice has been maintained up and down the country and is actually nothing new. Perhaps what is new is that it is being discussed, he continued, adding that he does not expect an objection from Rome, end quote. Notice that the, this does not require that any dogmas be held in practice in common, that the only unity they require is approaching the altar. Now consider that and see that the ultimate end of modernism is no dogma at all in the church. Bishop Botzing goes on, citing values of the world, and says that the Vatican and the hierarchy of the church are in the wrong to be against what the German bishops are doing, and that the highest levels of Rome, there is agreement with what is going on here. And I actually, I actually kind of believe him on that, to be honest with you. And that brings me to the church in America, because Bishop Botzing would probably be thrilled to find out that some bishops in America agree with him, even if they cannot say so as openly as Bishop Botzing is over here. Over the weekend, news of a discussion between Cardinal Blaise Supich of Chicago and Archbishop Aquila of Denver over the Eucharist and who can receive the Eucharist has been reported 
in passing mostly, in the Catholic media outlets. For this story, I go to calcatholic.com. Headline, Cardinal Supich versus Archbishop Aquila on Worthy Eucharistic Reception. This story is about whether America Magazine and Supich worked together to provide a quick counter to the Archbishop from Denver's peace defending the traditional Catholic practice of worthy reception of the Eucharist, a discussion of which is needed in the Church today for a lot of obvious reasons, but one we're unlikely to get because it touches on sin and the wages of sin, and as such, that discussion is unlikely to happen in a real way in the Church in the foreseeable future. But let's look at the story here. Quote, Cardinal Blaise Supich of Chicago wrote to Denver Archbishop Samuel Aquila last week to express a number of concerns after Aquila published an essay on theological and pastoral issues concerning the reception of Holy Communion. Cardinal Supich urged the Archbishop to offer a public clarification of his arguments. Aquila's essay was published in America Magazine April 14th. I am compelled to address the error that any baptized Catholic can receive communion if he or she simply desires to do so. None of us have the freedom to approach the altar of the Lord without a proper examination of conscience and proper repentance of grave sin has been committed, Aquila reported. The Eucharist is a gift, not an entitlement, and the sanctity of that gift is only diminished by unworthy reception. End quote. Archbishop Aquila frames this in the discussion of Catholics in the public realm who break from what the Church says and promote various evils and still approach the altar in full view of the world. It's nice to see that he's saying this, but the fact that it is framed in these in those specific Catholics, and not the broader needed discussion of going to the sacrament of confession regularly, is sadly missing. But the article goes on to say this, which is the key point, quote, Several sources, among them a senior official in one U.S. archdiocese, told the Pillar this week that shortly after the essay was published, Supich wrote to Aquila, taking issue with that argument. The Cardinal's letter to Aquila, which has been seen by the Pillar, was dated April 14th the same day Aquila's essay was published. The letter said that Supich had a quote-unquote number of concerns about Aquila's essay, and was especially concerned about the paragraph quoted above. I respectfully note that to claim that we can do anything to diminish the Eucharist or its effects is contrary to the Church's long-standing teaching, Supich wrote. Catholic sacramental theology is based on the premise that the sacraments are the work of Christ, which is the meaning of the Church's affirmation at Trent, that the sacraments act ex opere operato, or as St. Thomas wrote in Summa Part 3, Question 68, Number 8, the sacrament is not wrought by the righteousness of either the celebrant or the recipient, but by the power of God. Owing to the nature of God, Christ and his works can never be diminished by an, any act on our part. End quote. Interesting that Supich did something remarkable here. He acknowledged that the Church existed prior to the Second Vatican Council and quoted the Council of Trent directly. That's actually pretty rare these days, especially from one of the modernists, but don't take that as a sign that the modernists are moving in the right direction on anything. Even the devil quotes scripture, as our Lord says. But let's continue with this, where Archbishop Aquila does clarify some things by confirming that the sacraments make grace available ex opere operato, which is what Supich is trying to say. But Aquila goes further and reaffirms another core idea in Catholic sacramental theology, that the recipient must be in the right disposition anyway, and that those he is talking about are obviously not. It cannot reap the benefits of grace for salvation from the Eucharist. Quote, the Archbishop cited St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine, Scripture, and the Second Vatican Council to argue that Catholic doctrine teaches that, quote, the unworthy reception of the Eucharist diminishes the effect of the sacrament. 
The benefit of receiving the sacrament is dependent upon the condition of subject's spiritual disposition, Aquila explained in his essay. As I said at the onset, I take seriously my obligation, lest I be rejected, to proclaim clearly, fully, coherently what the Church believes and teaches, for only then am I feeding the faithful, my under my care, the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Archbishop added. I hope that in the above I have clarified the intent and content of my original article. My deepest prayer is, both in my original article and now in this clarification, that this can be a moment when our Catholic faith can be proclaimed clearly and courageously, and people will come to encounter Jesus Christ most especially in the sacraments of the Church and in the gifts of the Eucharist, he wrote. The theological disagreement comes as the doctrinal committee of the U.S. Bishops' Conference is reportedly preparing a text to address the issue of quote-unquote Eucharistic coherence, its term for questions related to the reception of the Holy Communion by followers of Moloch and other Catholics publicly and consistently at odds with some aspects of Catholic doctrine, and mostly quote. Now, what Aquila left out is that receiving the Eucharist not in a state of grace but with sins unconfessed leads the, re the recipient to Gehenna. But, you know, small little detail there. Interestingly, Suprich's letter to Aquila was dated on the 14th of April, the day America Magazine published it, meaning the magazine or someone who works there sent Suprich the letter before it was published. Now, it's also worth noting here that Pastor Jimmy of the Jesuit Church is the editor-in-chief of that outfit. If I had to hazard a guess as to who it was, I'd say he was the one who sent the Cardinal a copy of the letter. I mean, who else could it be but the most famous modernist cleric and future bishop of the church himself, but the bridge builder-in-chief? He's the obvious choice here. Of course, most of this discussion does miss a key point. While Supich and Aquila are discussing whether or not the Eucharist should be limited to Catholics or not, something that is overlooked is a question of the interior disposition of most people who receive the Eucharist every week, and those are Catholics. In plainer language, the question not being addressed is the basic question of long lines for the Eucharist and short lines, if any, for confession from Sunday to Sunday, with most Catholics quite possibly not being in a proper interior state to receive our blessed Lord in the sacrament of the altar. And this question is key to why the question that's being asked here is being asked at all. Reception of Holy Communion is limited to those in a proper state, to those in a state of grace, and part of that is accepting the dogmas of the faith, as well as living in accordance with what we profess. It's pretty simple stuff, but that is at the core of why the Church has never let the acolytes of Luther, Calvin, Henry VIII, Zwingli, or the countless other offshoots approach the altar, at least until these days. Bishop Botzing is going to permit this and has for some time, and apparently some of his brother bishops in Germany. The Vatican in years past has actually permitted this in some cases, including some pretty eye-opening cases, and Supich seems to be implying that this is okay, even if the acolytes of Luther and the rest don't actually accept transubstantiation and the real presence, let alone the papacy, the communion of saints, and have some pretty off-takes on Our Lady, to put it mildly. And if you think those aren't related to the things that Aquila was talking about, to the very specific Catholics he's talking about, take a look at the bigger picture. These things are all interrelated. For there to be Holy Communion, there must be communion. This used to be Catholicism 101 stuff here, but these days it isn't anymore. Of course, it is important if these servants of Moloch, who are members on paper of the institutional church, receive the Eucharist without merit with unconfessed sins present. But that is part of a larger situation in the church, and until that is addressed, the lay figures discussed obliquely here won't be anything more than a sideshow to the main event of sin committed at the foot of the altar in the church every single day. But enough of this. This is something interesting to ponder here. Aquila and Supich having a public discussion on the Eucharist is important and not being discussed anywhere near widely enough. 
The Eucharist is the key to Catholic life. Our worthy reception of it is, at any rate. And any discussion of that needs to include sin and the wages of sin, the four last things and all the other topics a typical priest has been reticent to discuss for many years now. And of course, it should discuss the, the subject of the real presence, because quite frankly, most Catholics don't understand the concept of transubstantiation and the real presence, and that's what all the data says. Most Catholics the typical diocesan parish rarely hear about the four last things and the need to confess sins before receiving our blessed Lord in the Eucharist. I'm sure some of you will tell me in the comments that you hear about it all the time. That's great. You've probably got a decent priest then. But hopefully this document the USCCB is preparing will address all of that. I say hopefully, but I won't hold my breath on that happening either. But what do you think of this? Let me know your thoughts in the comments, please. And maybe include how to get more Catholics to go to confession on a regular basis. If more Catholics would go regularly, I think many of the woes we see in the world today would be lessened. Just a thought. But let me know your thoughts in the comments. And like, subscribe, and click that notification bell. And set it to all so you don't miss an, op an update. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.